0: Good morning. This is Lisa Niver from We Said Go Travel, and I'm so, so honored and excited to have the amazing, incredible author, Aliza Licht, here with me today.
1: Lisa, I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show.
0: You are so welcome. I mean, I don't know that everyone knows that about both your books. you, You have so much going on. I mean, we want to talk about both books because they're both incredible, but will you tell people a little bit about the whole history of the DKNY PR girl and the millions of followers and the red lipstick. Tell us a little bit in case people don't know, get them started. Like, how did this happen for you? You were like the, the fashion voice of Twitter for so long.
1: Um. Okay, well, so hi everyone. Um, I, you know, started my career in the fashion industry in magazine editorial back in the day, but fun fact, I was pre-med in college and thought I would graduate to be a plastic surgeon, majored in neurobiology and physiology, and then gave it all up to work in fashion. Spent a few years in editorial, then moved over to Donna Karen corporate PR in the late 90s, and honestly did traditional PR for many years. Later in my career, I ultimately spent 17 years with Donna Karen working in communications. On the tail end of the career, the last six years, we started doing social media. And one day we were sitting around, you know, having a marketing meeting, and we were like, oh, we should probably join Twitter. And I was in PR. So my fear was that because the person was named Donna Karen and the brand was Donna Karen. I was scared people would assume she was tweeting and then that complicates what are we going to write, how are we going to respond, do we need approvals. So it was you know Lisa you remember this time it was Gossip Girl original and we were all obsessed with it. And I said to myself well why can't we just make an anonymous character like nobody has to know who she is, we can call her DKYPR girl. And she can be the voice of Twitter and share her work doing PR in New York City. And that ranged from working with magazines to celebrity dressing, red carpet, fashion shows, seemed like a good way to share our story. So we positioned it that way and we pitched it to our legal team and our general counsel was like, sounds great, Aliza, you're the only one allowed to tweet. I was like, okay, I don't even know what that means. So truly initiation by fire, started on Twitter in 2009, as an anonymous character, really didn't think of it as myself because I was thinking it was like more like paper dolls. It was represented by a fashion illustration. And I started tweeting. And what I found was that uh, engaging with people around the the world was really exciting. And telling a great story is what really got people to engage. So showing Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes of my job and PR In an industry that didn't really show its cards very often. So really showing people, oh, what happens award season? How do the dresses go from one celebrity to the next? Who's working with who? What's really happening behind the scenes? All of that was what I shared. But at the same time, I naturally found myself mentoring. So I started tweeting about how to break into fashion, how to work in PR, and it became known as this little career advice mentoring that I would do, which ultimately led to being offered a book deal, which was leave your mark. Um, which is why there's a coffee cup with red lipstick on the cover, which is my signature, and what I stare at every day, because it's really my way of grabbing coffee with people who wanted to know how to break into the industry. And that sort of began uh, began and ended my career in a way, because <laughs> now, no, it's true, because now I had this book, and uh, well, I'll pause there because we don't want to get away too much.
0: Okay, so thank you. That was a great introduction. And of course, you have this incredible book, Leave Your Mark and Your Thriving Podcast. Thank and you. I personally loved your book uh, about branding. And I, I agree with you. Did The book does feel like you're having coffee because you're giving tips. And I remember you talked to people about how to work on their resume and what do you yeah. say at their interview and do, make sure you give a thank you note. And So that book was wonderful. And that came out and you gave a lot of professional advice and now fast forward to your second book. So
1: what happens and without spoiling it is on brand really picks up where leave your Mark left off. And I do like a little refresher course for people who didn't leave, leave your, who didn't read, leave your Mark, you know, I had over 1.5 million followers organically at a time when that was a really big deal for brands. DQYPR girl back then was really one of the first examples of a fashion influencer, even though we didn't know that word at the time. So when I finally revealed myself as the person behind the Twitter handle two years later, like imagine keeping a secret for two years, that was not easy. It generated over 230 million media impressions, which was amazing. And now it was, the secret was out. I was known as this person. But when my book, Leave Your Mark came out, that coincided with a management change at Donna Karen. We got a new CEO. We got new creative directors. The, the original sort of team who all really functioned under the matriarch, Donna Karen and my mentor, Patty Cohen, was really going through massive transitions. And I'm not going to share the story because you have to read the book, but basically I end up leaving the company and it starts on brand, shape your narrative, share your vision, shift their perception really starts with the idea that I had to refine my identity
0: after Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because now
1: I don't have a lofty title. I don't work in luxury fashion. I'm not part of LVMH. I don't have a garment allowance anymore, just saying. (laughs) Um, I, but you're open to it, but I'm open to it. If anyone wants to give me one, I'm open to it. I don't have millions of followers and I was, it was uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable. So this book starts off with my rebrand and all of the tactics that I employed to transition myself from like a corporate PR person to an entrepreneur, author, podcaster, mentor.
0: I, I love the book. Thank Um, you. you're welcome. I, I really took a lot of notes and honestly made a lot of changes for myself when I was reading your book I was just starting I, I just finished speaking for the Travel and Adventure Show in, in Four Cities. And I read your book and it said, you know, make sure every quarter you look at the bios of your social media and I looked at the bios of my social media I'm like wow that stuff is old. So I made them all match that I was speaking. And it was really just because of your book. So I think there's really practical tips that people can use, it's really action. It's it's like that like you said, like having coffee with you.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you took action from that. I mean, the way I structure the book is, of course it's my story throughout, but then I bring in expert contributors. And one of the things that I always like to start off with when I talk about on brand is, this is not about becoming famous. This is unless that's what you want to do, I can certainly help you do that. But <laughs> this is about this is about understanding what you want to be known for in any medium and making sure other people see you that way. So it is part career guide and it is part workbook as you know. And I kind of, you know, lead you along the way in small mental gymnastics activities to help you think through what your brand is currently speaking to and and how people are actually like perceiving what you're doing.
0: Right, and I think it's really important that you even use the term chief brand officer of you. Like all of us are out there on social media. and, And I think especially for younger people that maybe are new in the job market, they have to understand that everything they're putting out there can be seen by current employers, future employers, Um, I think that there's some, it's so ubiquitous now, all the social media and the the talking, the talking, the talking, that people forget that it's very searchable.
1: It's very searchable. And of course, I take you through the pitfalls of what can happen if you don't do it properly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, there's also a whole chapter on how to establish, establish your personal brand at work. Because making sure people understand your value and getting the credit you deserve is an art, right? And we need to be strategic about it and we need to be elegant about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, elegant is a very good one. Elegant, I agree with that. And I, I liked what you said about planting the seeds that you know, you have to do, it, it, things don't happen overnight. You didn't get to millions of views on the DKNY girl, the a PR girl instantly. That, that you know, if you wanna get somewhere, you have to keep putting in the work. And um, another thing I love that you talked about is how to amplify your voice. Obviously you started a podcast, I have a podcast. What do you say to people that are thinking, could I have a podcast? Well, I would say that you're getting on a hamster wheel that you can't get off, as you know.
1: (laughs) Um, So I think, I always believe that you should start as you mean to go. So I committed to a weekly show and I do a weekly show, but you have to think about what is really possible for you to handle. I would say the most underrated asset or the most underrated surprise, I would say, to doing a podcast is how critical it is to meeting and networking with people that you wouldn't normally meet. I never thought about that. I did it because I wanted to extend Leave Your Mark into something more immediate, right? The book had come out in 2015. The podcast started in 2019. It felt like a great way to live out my dream of being a talk show host. Um, but I never thought about it from the perspective of getting clients and networking, because when you have a podcast, people like to come on and talk about what they do. And it's an easier way to get in the room with someone that might be a little bit out of your reach. Hmm.
0: So who's an example of a, a a guest you had that you wouldn't have normally thought you would get to talk to?
1: Well, I would say Mandy Teefy, the producer of 13 Reasons Why, Selena Gomez's mom, co-founder of Wondermind, a mental health media site. Mandy, you know, was launching Wondermind and came on Leave Your Mark to talk about her entire career journey, obviously having Selena when she was 16 and having suicidal thoughts, 13 Reasons Why is inspired, unfortunately, by her experience. and. I mean, I would never meet Mandy TV otherwise.
0: Amazing. And who's a kind of bucket list guest you'd like to invite on? Oh, bucket list—such
1: a good question, Lisa. Shonda Rhimes.
0: Oh my goodness, that's a good one. I hope that she comes on your show, and I'll watch.
1: I mean, I, I would die. I mean, we were in touch back in the day, so as. My girl, I was live tweeting scandal, and I did include Shonda in the book. So Shonda, if you ever hear this episode, I'd love you to come on, leave your mark. Um, yeah, she's, she's an incredible inspiration, just as a writer and, and a creative, and um, that would be a dream.
0: That would be amazing. I'm so excited for you because we're manifesting it. I think it's going it, yeah. to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Manifest it. Um, that's, I, I love that idea. I actually don't have a bucket list of people. I'm going to make a bucket list of people. Um, so another thing you say in your book is you are your best PR person. So I think that's really important. A lot of the stuff in your book is about knowing who you are, knowing your value, knowing what you want. Um, is there something else you would say um, the podcast Can you talk a little bit about, maybe you talk about in the book a little bit about newsletters. Do you think people are still building newsletters? Is that still valuable?
1: Yes, newsletters are really important. And when we talk about owning audience, the only way to own audience is actually to collect email addresses and cell phones, because social media, we are renting our audiences. So if you are putting out free content, like a newsletter, where you're providing a service to your readers... That is a great way that's lead generation to actually build your database. And you need to build your database before you need your database.
0: Okay, I like can you that. Hear me? Yeah, you, okay. you froze for a second, but you're back.
1: Oh, I can okay.
0: still hear you, but your picture, we're, okay. we, we still hear you though. We hear you. But, um, but I also
1: want to go back to what you were asking before about being your own best publicist. And I think that a lot of people assume that people know what they're doing and that they're great at what they do or they're adding value. But if you're not shaping that narrative, if you're not positioning yourself so that people really are getting the story from you, you're missing an opportunity to brand yourself. And that has to be done in a really careful way so that people are not bragging.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, one of the ways that you can control the story and with your audience, I know that you talk about having Linktree and using that in social media. Because I know for myself, one of the things that can be kind of frustrating is people like your post on Instagram, but it doesn't connect to anything. So, I've, I actually started using Bitly, has an, a new, um, whatever, similar to Linktree where it links to multiple places. But what, what do you like about Linktree?
1: So, actually, it's Norby that I use.
0: Oh, Norby. Okay.
1: Norby. So Norby is kind of like a link tree, but much, I think has many more attributes in the sense that it's also email marketing. It's also live events. It connects with Zoom. It's also SMS marketing. So it's a much bigger um, bucket of things you can do in your marketing mix.
0: Okay. And is Norby have a charge every month or how does Norby work?
1: Yes, you yeah, you sign up for a monthly charge depending on what aspects of the platform you want to use is how you pay. I don't even remember how much it costs, but it doesn't matter. What
0: I use for all of my events and all my sign-up. So okay, we're gonna all look into that. And one other thing that I get a question from people a lot, especially authors. So you have two different books, but you only have one author name. Um, Do you, are you making a website for every book? Do you have a website just for yourself? Do you think you should have a social media name for your book? What would you recommend to people?
1: I love this question so much. So I only have alizalick.com and everything is in my name because it's very hard to build multiple vibrant social handles for each thing that you're doing. So there i i always gather the social handles to make sure i have them and i get the urls to make sure i have them but everything is on eliselect.com so there is the book section that has leave your mark and on brand there's there's nothing that isn't within the Aliza Lick domain because that is just a way for me to keep everything cohesive and it's just much easier to navigate
0: That's true, much easier to navigate. But what do you mean you gather them? Like, do you own on brand on Instagram? So I own, so some things like
1: on brand and leave your mark are very sort of common phrases. So Mm -hmm. they're usually taken. But for example, like on brand book I have on TikTok, I have the URL for a website, like anywhere I could grab it, I did. Um, I believe Instagram, it was taken by someone that doesn't even use it in the same way, but I, anywhere it's available, I just secured the account and I don't use it.
0: Oh, that makes sense. So no one could tweet in that, that name that isn't you. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. We want to all be taking care of our names and not letting anybody else in there. So I have one of the quotes that you wrote that I really liked about, you mentioned this before about that creating a personal brand is not about being famous, Um, but I like what you said it, that it's about communicating who you are, what you align with and what you do well. It's about getting the credit you deserve and everything that comes with that. It's very impressive. So if people are feeling maybe, can you talk a little bit more? You mentioned bragging, like, can you talk a little bit more? I think that women in particular in the united states but maybe humans all over the planet sometimes have trouble standing up for their accomplishments.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a really thank you for sharing that quote. It's a really hard thing to do to talk about your accomplishments. And in the book I actually bring in Meredith Feynman who wrote brag better as one of, as one of the expert contributors in the communications section. And Meredith dedicated her book to a group of people that she calls the qualified quiet people who do a great job and are waiting for people to notice that they do a great job. And that, my friends, is not a strategy. So (laughs) one of the ways that I think it's important to amplify your wins is to make sure that you're not getting tone deaf to your own words. So for every, and this number isn't exact, but for every one time that you're talking about an accomplishment on email, on social media, in person, make a conscious effort to amplify and promote five other people publicly so that you're not just someone talking about yourself. No one wants to listen to someone who talks about themselves all day. Another way to do it, especially in a corporate environment, is to work behind the scenes with a colleague maybe you want your boss to know something you accomplished why not say to someone you trust hey i would love for my manager to know this maybe in our next meeting you can mention it and if there's something you want amplified tell me and i'll make sure to amplify it so doing that behind the scenes whisper network is very effective (laughs) <laughs> or if you don't want to talk about anything at all, you know, put a deck together for your manager or a or, or report to, to give someone an update of what, of what you've accomplished. But people need to know, or they're not thinking about you, and they're not thinking about the value you add. It's just how it is. Everyone's too busy. It is. Own stuff.
0: Everyone is really busy, and one of the things that I've noticed, I'm sure impacted you and the launch of your first book, is during this time of the COVID coaster, there's been so many traumas, and people have lost loved ones, and lost jobs, and companies have changed. And so one of the things I really liked, I think this is actually from your first book, is you said, um, it's never too late to start over. We hear stories all the time of people later in life going back to school for something completely new and different. You get one life, but many chances.
1: Yes, I still believe that.
0: I do okay. think that's Some really important work. right now that people know it's never too late. There's lots of chances. I know in my book, I talk about you know taking lots of small steps in your book, you talk about planting the seeds. So is there, as we look to close our talk about your incredible new book, which is, where can people find it, and and how can they find you? Are you doing events? Will you be on your podcast? What should we do to find more of you? Well, first of all, thank you. Um,
1: I, I will say that one of the one of the things that I really think this book on brand is about is self reflection, and marrying self-reflection to public perception that to me is the definition of a strong personal brand when how you think about yourself is actually how other people think about you because the goal of this to me is to have your name dropped in rooms you're not in right and to be offered opportunities that other people haven't even heard of yet so the book is called on brand shape your narrative share your vision shift their perception it is available anywhere you buy books um, in the U.S. and Canada right now: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Books, Apple, etc. Or on elizalick.com, you can you can go there actually and buy signed copies through Porchlight. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm proud of this work, and I think that if people actually put the thought process into it, because Listen, I can't create your personal brand for you, but I can tell you how to do it and hold your hand every step of the way. I I think people will be shocked at what can happen.
0: That is incredible. So they can find you on social media. They can listen to your podcast. They can buy your book. And I didn't know about Porchlight. So they can get a signed copy. That sounds amazing. Yeah.
1: So on alizalick.com, you have all the options for where to buy. And then on Porchlight, it says signed copies available.
0: Wow, that is so incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really have loved your books. They've really helped me and I hope everyone else finds them and enjoys them and congratulations. We look forward to seeing more and more of you and success. Lisa, thank you so much for always
1: supporting me and reading the books. I appreciate it and I'm, I'm so happy to be here.